Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. I'm very excited today to be joined by a friend of mine. This is long overdue. She is the founder of e-commerce agency Growth, the leading and trusted advisor to e-commerce agencies across the globe. She used to be a COO at a pre, uh, sorry, a Shopify Plus agency, a leading Shopify Plus agency, and has now been fractional COO to over 60 agencies. I had the pleasure of joining her in Rome just a few months ago at an event that she put on. It was fantastic. And now we have the pleasure of working on a few clients together. So with all that, I'm super excited to introduce to all of you, Rachel Jacobs. Rachel, thank you for joining us today. It's been a while. We've been, this has been on the books for a while, but finally glad to get round to joining you. Especially now that we have a few clients together. <laughs> well, this is what I love about you, Rachel. You're you're you get to the brass tacks of things. You're very clear and honest about what is and isn't in your wheelhouse. But um, I can attest to a the community having gotten a chance to hang mm-hmm. out in Rome. Amazing people, amazing founders. I now have the privilege of working with a few of them uh, with, at Parakeeto. Thanks to you. And um, it, you've really got an incredible community. And I'm impressed with everyone that has come to work with us. They've got a great mindset. They're thinking about the right thing. So like your coaching is, is definitely on point. I'm curious, you know, a lot of agency coaches, they leave agency world. They decide they want to start a coaching practice and they just kind of open it up to, if you're an agency, you can work with me, but you niched in specifically to e-commerce. Why is that? And what is it about e-commerce that you believe um, creates this unique context and a new, unique set of challenges? I mean, running an e-commerce agency is just things like, you know, there's a lot of agency coaches out there. um, And when you're talking about things like um, profitability for an e-commerce agency, sometimes it's the difference between success and failure. When you have like a a marketing agency, an advertising agency or PR agency, that profit and loss value-based pricing doesn't translate particularly well for an e-commerce agency. And also, I think that... Like you said, it's building this community because I was in the brand side for a while. I, I had my own brand, which was a total fucking failure. And then I was in the tech side for a while and then went over to the agency side. It gave me this unique perspective and I had a big network. I, I know it's one of the questions you asked when you were in Rome. You're like, how the fuck are you finding all these clients from all over the world? Like, how do all of these agencies know you? And apart from being amazing, it's because I have a massive network. I'm a big person. I'm a big girl. I'm nearly six foot tall and I'm a big personality. Um, So people either really like me or really hate me. And either way, I couldn't give a fuck. It makes no difference to me. Um, And I have this big network. So it's attracted a lot of people with a similar kind of approach to me, a similar mindset. We work hard. We also play very hard. You were with us for a couple of late night shenanigans. So, you know, we all want to work hard together, super collaborative. And really, for me, because I know e-commerce, I know the tech industry there, I know how to build out these retainer models based on those technologies, it it makes it so easy for me when my agencies come to me and say, I need help with this. I'm like, speak to this guy. Agency comes to me and saying, I'm struggling with profitability. Well, I could work with you on that, or you could just speak to Marcel, who's an expert. 
So rather than them wasting time going around the houses, failing with a few different things that don't work and wasting money, they just come to me and say, this is where I need the solution, point me in the right direction. For me, I personally think that's, it's just like what you've done for your business, right? There's lots of things that you could coach agencies on, but you know that the number one lure for most agencies, if you talk about profitability, it's like a hole in one. For me, if agencies, lots of agencies come to me who are not e-commerce and it's just like, my people are not your people. It's not the same thing. There's lots of amazing agency coaches out there, but you're going to need help with specific problems and I have solutions to those specific problems. Everything else, go and speak to somebody way more qualified. I think that's the, the smart way to do business, right? That the more niche you are, the deeper you're able to go with the right people. Well, and I can attest firsthand to, you know, at, at first glance, it might seem like an arbitrary niche, but being in the community and seeing just the integration of, you know, the Shopify and like other tech kind of partnerships, along with all of the ecosystem of vendors that were coming in that were a good match, and then just the context that was shared among the group, like the fact that all of them were doing the same thing, building, maintaining e-commerce websites and brands, like it just made for a much deeper experience. And to your point, just so much more efficient because everybody was speaking the exact same language. And, you know, it, it was really uh, impressive to see the level of integration and the level of um, synergy between all of your clients and partners and everybody that was at that event. And I can only imagine what it looks like in the online uh, scenario where you've got hundreds of people all kind of collaborating on the same thing. So I can definitely mm -hmm. attest to the value of having added that one extra condition of like, no, you gotta be in e-commerce, definitely big impact. So with that said, one of the things that I'm really interested in talking through is the different phases of growth. I think you and I share this experience where we've seen enough agencies that there are these very specific patterns and ceilings that we see people run into over and over and over again. And I know this has been the case for you as well. I wanna spend a little time unpacking like what are those key stages of growth that you see agencies going through and what are kind of the, the situations and struggles that they face um, at each of those ceilings that um, you find them at? Should we start from the bottom up? These are the Let's four start. stages. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, a high level, you know, for me, the four, the three key phases really are uh, uh, pipeline, people, process. And then, of course, all three of those, then you have profit, which is obviously your area of expertise. A lot of agencies come to me at the first phase and they're like, oh, you know, I'm struggling with my pipeline. You just got to do it. There, there is no silver bullet. You just have to eat shit and do it. When it comes to sales and lead generation and finding your client, again, like we said earlier, the more niche you can go, the more that you know, this is my target customer. It makes it super easy for me because I only specialize in e-commerce. If an e-commerce agency comes to me, I can ask them, what size is your business? How many people have you got in your team? What does your management team look like? What does your profit look like? And as soon as they give me those few answers, I can tell them whether they're running above average, below average, and what exactly what their pain points are. I was in um, Amsterdam last week, meeting up with some of my agencies uh, between Amsterdam and Belgium, the code guys who you were with um, in Rome and also the guys from Radical. So met both of those teams for a few days. A few of the tech partners that were with us in Rome were also over there. And I met up with another agency, an 80 person agency, and spoke with a business owner there. And he told me two or three key metrics about his business. And I knew exactly the problems that he had with his agency before he had to tell me. That's the beauty of being a niche with a client. And if you're looking to build your pipeline, 
ultimately that's what you want to do. I've never had an issue bringing in leads because it was so niche. Mm. All I have to do is communicate these are your problems, these are your solutions, and the customers that I want to work with that have exactly those kind of problems are the ones that are attracted to me. And then it's a choice. Do they fit into my community or not? If they don't fit in, I don't work with them because if I can't invite them to an in-person workshop to have fun with lots of other people, I don't. I, there's no reason for me to work with them if they're not going to be collaborative. Um, so the, the pipeline one is usually the, the, the toughest nut to crack and it needs to, it changes as your agency starts to grow. Yeah. Um, so for those that are kind of just getting started, what I have observed is it tends to just be a lack of discipline. Like it, it's not that they, like you don't have to pick the perfect channel. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and come up with a new thing. It's usually just a question of like the founder's the person doing it and they don't they take days off and really it's like just you, you you can't take days off ever from business development ever. it just needs to become something that is constant in the business however you need to set it up to do that and i mm -hmm. find that that's kind of the first hurdle even if you pick the wrong strategy and you do it kind of poorly if you do it every day you'll probably still have enough business coming mm -hmm. in to kind of get to that first ceiling where do you if somebody was to tell you, this is how many people I have on my team, or this is my revenue, when do you know that, okay, they're kind of over the pipeline issue and they're now getting into the next phase of growth where they're gonna have a different set of problems? What's the indicator to you that they've figured out that enough to kind of graduate into working with the next set of problems? Yeah, well, typically when agencies get to like 10 or 15, pipeline becomes less of their issue and it becomes a people problem, hiring the right people and building the right people on the team and having a management team in place. Mm. If an agency owner, because at that stage, in most cases for e-commerce agencies, the agency owner pretty much is the person still sitting on sales um, and they have other people doing the other stuff. They don't necessarily love doing all the sales and they are getting frustrated. They can't focus on the growth and the vision of the business. So like I need to put a management team of people in place who can lead delivery or development or design or operations or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, and I need to focus on scale and growth. Um, so typically I would say 10 or 15 people, um, you, you then pipeline shouldn't be an issue. And then the, either the hiring or the coaching, I, for me, I feel like that's the biggest problem between like 15 and 25 it's the hiring of people and I feel like that and process kind of go side by side because you need to have the process in place to hire the people to scale the team. Otherwise, it's a load of people just running around doing whatever they think is best for them, which is super unprofitable. Yeah. Um, so those two things need to go together, but you need to have a management team of people in place to build and sit on those processes. Otherwise, it's your job as an agency owner and obviously that defeats the points. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. All right. So we're going to unpack that but to, to wrap up kind of the first stage of growth. It's all about pipeline from zero to about 10 people. I'd agree with that. Zero mm -hmm. to about a million. It's just like you just need to figure out how to get work and 
figure out something that can happen every day that moves you mm-hmm. in the right direction and lots of great podcast episodes on this show and literally every podcast for agencies ever 90% of their content is on how to get new business so we're not going to waste mm-hmm. time on that today mm-hmm. we're going to spend time in the zone of genius which is this next phase of growth so you figured out how to get work now it's about getting the management team in place the right people the right structures and the right process what are some of the main struggles that you're seeing agencies deal with when they now have to start facing that uh, you know usually very daunting amount of work to them especially if they've never gone through it before yeah a lot of people um they have the wrong people in the wrong seat or sometimes the right people in the wrong seat <laughs> um, or the, the, the wrong people in the right seats um it's a combination of any of those things um, so i have to fire a lot of people through the agencies that i work with i have to recommend that people are just not the right fit um, so it's getting people to let go and, and not be so emotionally tied to the people that have got them to that stage of their business, but really be looking ahead and not being afraid to put the client first, uh, sorry, put the agency as the number one client for the agency's needs first above everything else. Um, so moving around those people, um, there's sometimes there's some people in agencies that are very, very capable and just don't give a shit. And that's really frustrating for a business owner. It's just like, I saw so much potential in this person. And if they would just try a little bit harder, they could be a superstar. And I have to turn around and say, okay, well, I've been coaching them for three months and I can tell you, they don't give a fuck. They, they really don't. Like you are flogging a dead horse here. Um, and then for a lot of agencies on the process side, it's just really not knowing, not trusting their instincts or not knowing whether their process they have in place is the best process or they can improve it. Um, I was over in... Belgium last week with the guys from Radical and we did a two or three hour workshop with the project management team, just basically going through what we've been working on for the last six months, step by step of the delivery process, trying to pull it apart and where are the challenges. And every single time you go through a process with an agency, even after six months or 18 months of building it, it's always broken. It's never fixed. And that's the whole point, right? You need a management team of people in place that are constantly iterating and improving and like, Okay, well, that's fucked up. What do we add to the process to make sure we don't do that again? Okay, we screwed up here. How do we improve the process so that never happens again? Um, and it's a different mindset, right? Processes are... I'm an operations person, so I love process. I love data. A lot of people don't. And a lot of, a lot of agencies, they're taking project managers and putting them into management roles or senior roles because of default. And they're just not cut out for that work. They make amazing project managers, but horrible managers. So this is actually an interesting, we've been talking about this a lot. I found myself talking to clients about this a lot, where they oftentimes, um, right around the 25-ish mark, they start to need an operations leader in the business. And you see this all the time. They take the PM that's been there the longest, Mm -hmm. and they go, okay, you're the ops person now. And one of the things that I find really interesting about that transition for that PM is, Oftentimes they've been successful as a PM because they're very precision focused. That Mm -hmm. actually becomes their biggest weakness as an operations person Mm -hmm. because they're trying to put so much detail into everything and it actually just completely undermines their ability to be iterative and move quickly and start to abstract things, um, which is what you have to do when you're getting up into higher levels of the business. You need to be able to let go of precision and abstract things. Um, And I find it really fascinating um, that you know they ha- kind of have to unlearn everything that made them successful in their previous role in order to be able to get into an operations mm-hmm. role and be successful. Um, and it's true about metrics. We deal with metrics a lot. It's also true about process, right? There's a scale where 
like maybe a process isn't what we need right now in this area of the business. We actually just need a list of like five principles of like, these are five mm -hmm. things that need to be true. And whatever the process is that you used to get there is fine, but we like, we don't actually know what it is yet. Like being comfortable with those kind of levels of ambiguity, because you're going from a role where as a PM, typically things have been very concrete and well-defined to now mm -hmm. you have to have, deal with a lot more ambiguity. This has been my observation. I'm curious, like, what are some of the specific challenges that you see around the people side? Like, what are some of the biggest, most common mismatches that you see when somebody's installing that first level of management? I mean, I think probably the main issue that I see with agency owners is not setting expectations. For me, it's just like, how can you set somebody up for success when they don't have any KPIs or objectives? You've just been like, you're the most experienced, you're most skilled project manager. I'm going to put you into head of delivery, head of production, director of delivery, whatever fucking title they give them. And you're now the escalation point. And by the way, I need you to like help with like optimization and utilization and profitability and like, you know, just all of that stuff that makes things more efficient. If you could just deal with that. And the person is just like, where's my checklist? Well, there is no fucking checklist. This is operations. Operations is iterative. You just need to see that there's like a steaming pile of shit on the floor and I need to fix that up. And there's, there's a massive fire over here and then a burning pot of oil. And you need to be able to like figure out which one is the priority. Let's fix this one and fix this one and still see the big picture. Um, and a lot of business owners, they're just so like, I can't be the escalation point. The team is too big now. Okay, you're the best man or woman for the job. You sit in that seat and you'll figure it out because you're awesome. And a lot of times I see people like that and it takes them a long time to be able to shake off that project or account manager mindset or whatever role they stepped into. I've seen people who are designers being put in operations roles because they seem like the most organized or best person for the job. They don't have a clue what they're doing. Operations is like, it's, a, it's basically all of the bullshit that happens in the agency is not your responsibility. You are the escalation point. If the shit hits the fan, as a business owner, it has to come through somebody else. I can't deal with it. I need to focus on sales and growth. Um, so there is no um, blueprint for that. And I think for me, I feel like that's where the biggest challenge is, is moving people into roles where it's not clearly defined. The expectations yeah. aren't clear. They don't have the support and coaching. The reason you're putting people in those roles is because you're just like, there's a need here. Just go in that role. I can't really hold your hand because I've got too much other shit to be doing and you just need to figure it out. And then they come to me and be like, I've had like four people in this role in the last two years. I can't figure out, okay, maybe the problem is you. It's probably you're the problem. Um, but it's all fixable, right? If it's the right person, if you have good people in your team, which hopefully if you're putting people in management positions, they're good people. It's just a case of clarifying expectations and creating, I'm a big fan of 90 day goals, especially for management teams and senior leaders. Um, as you know, I run uh, not just the mastermind for the agency owners. I also have dedicated groups for sales team, project and account managers and senior leaders. Um, with senior leaders, I work really closely with them and recommend that they set for themselves their 90 day goals. So it means that no matter what happens in the agency, maybe it's, I don't know, improving the utilization tracker within the company, or maybe it's building a, a, an onboarding process for a new employee or an offboarding process for a client, whatever that might be. And you set that in your goals, but no matter what happens, you have these two or three, two or three things achieved every uh, 90 days. And I, I feel like that's probably the biggest reason for failure for a lot of people that are moved, hired in or moved into that roles. And you know, the market is fucking mental now. 
So we're hiring people in at like 120, 150K for yeah. them to go tits up in three or six months. It's incredibly expensive for a business. There is, it's a non-billable role. So that's a yeah. very expensive mistake to make. So you have to be, a lot of uh, agencies that come to me will come to me and say, okay, I'm hiring an ops person, I need you to help. I'm like, oh, hang on a second here. What are you hiring them for? But just to like take all the shit off me? No, okay, you're, you're immediately going to fail if that's your approach. You need to take time, you need to plan for it. You need to have something. You can't just bring somebody in and say, like, there's all the shit, sayonara. That just doesn't work. There's something magical about delegating the creation of process to your team, A, because it happens and they do a good job of it, and B, because they're so much more bought into the process when they create it themselves. Um, so there's this double, there's this double upside to it for sure. Um, on that note, there, I find that in business, the hardest questions to answer, the most important questions to answer are not the what questions, but the when questions, right? Mm -hmm. What to do is often not very hard to find. We have the internet, we have books, we have experts. Mm -hmm. You and I are both posting a lot of free content. Mm -hmm. It's the when, the sequencing that becomes really, really key. What are some of the biggest sequencing mistakes that you're seeing uh, clients make before they find you in terms of focusing on the wrong thing at the wrong time? A lot, of, a lot of agencies invest a lot of money in, again, of course, I'm biased, so I would say this, but they invest in working with coaches who are not in their area of expertise, and they got a lot of amazing advice, but it doesn't really pertain to them necessarily, but they had a really good vibe, and it was like a business coach, and it was more like a life coach, lifestyle type entrepreneur coach or whatever, and that feels good because it's a feel-good thing, but they're not actually getting results. Um, a lot of times business owners, they have great people in their team, like amazing people, really, really solid people who don't actually do anything. And because they have an emotional connection of like this guy, we go for our girl or whatever. We go for lunch all the time or, you know, we talk in the evening or we like the same sort of stuff and he makes me feel good. And I'm like, he's doing nothing. And you're paying him a six figure salary and he is producing zero results. Are you running a fucking business or a charity? Like you either need to put your foot on his neck and tell him, this is what I expect or you need to replace them. It's as simple as that. If you if, if you want to run like an Amish commune, then just keep going the way you're going. If you want to run a profitable business, then you need to take it seriously. Yeah, yeah, I, I and I, I agree. To me, it's it's people and process gets a, a big emphasis before the pipeline problem is solved. Mm -hmm. And often it's like over-indexing. So thinking about people as the solution to a problem um, as opposed to thinking about process. And then when it comes to process over engineering process and mm. kind of this assumption that we're going to be able to get it perfect and it should be really, really detailed when the reality is there's like a 20% of the process and a 20% of the people that need to get solved initially so that there's a business there and there's a process. And then it just, it kind of comes back to pipeline. So mm -hmm. I, I see the same thing, all this focus on people and really it's like okay your problem is you don't have an excess amount of business <laughs> coming in the door that you, you that's your biggest problem is like having to turn away too much work until that's true um there's just not quite as much value um in going deep down the people or process path until that problem is solved so um yeah this has been a deep conversation, Rachel, a lot of nuggets dropped, a lot of truth bombs dropped, um, <laughs> as usual, bombs. you're to the point. And, uh, I, you and I chatted before the recording button went on about, Hey, can you drop F bombs on here? And I said, well, yeah, like wouldn't be the first time. Uh, but knowing, knowing you, that you, it was, yeah, you didn't inevitable. 
but I appreciate, I appreciate that. And this is one of the things that I admire so much about you, Rachel, is you're authentically you all the time. Every time we show up and have a conversation, you just speak your truth. And, uh, for some people that's going to really gravitate them towards you for others. It's not going to be a good fit, but I I'm appreciative of the magnetic brand that you have. Um, so with that, for those that listened today and said, man, I need more of Rachel in my life, where should they connect with you online or follow you for more content? Uh, well, they can try and find me on LinkedIn. I feel like I've got a problem with my LinkedIn that my name doesn't show up. It doesn't mean that I'm a spy, but it's Rachel Jacobs. I think it shows up as Rachel J. I probably should look into that, but I don't really know. It seems too technical. It feels like a lot of admin. I'll delegate it. I'll delegate it to Sebastian. He'll do it for me. Um, or e-commerce agency growth. I have a couple of websites, e-commerce agency growth and e-commerce partnerships. Um, the one dedicated to tech partners is ecommercepartnerships.com and the one dedicated to agencies is e-commerce agency growth. Amazing. So we'll have links to all of those things, including your LinkedIn profile, which we will do the reconnaissance. My, my conspicuous, right my spy-like conspicuous LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll have that in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Rachel on LinkedIn, I highly recommend it. Uh, Rachel, you post lots of great content on there um, and you've got a really active community of people. Uh, so highly recommend connecting with Rachel on LinkedIn if you're listening. And with that, I appreciate you making an appearance, Rachel. We, we've been waiting for this for so long. I'm glad we finally did it. Thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeta.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener and we will see you on the next episode.